uh, record buttons, you know, I won't okay. not sending this out or giving it to anyone. Um, I will just give it to you or however we want it to work. You're not going to give it to Jim Brayer, right? And the CIA. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> he has it anyway if he wants it. There's nothing I can there. <laughs> he probably will, yeah. It's All right. Him, then, you know, that's a Chinese company, by the way. So that's what I hear. Yeah. yeah. So recording. Whatever. Good. All right. So, yeah, what's up, everybody? This is Manero Mateo. Welcome to the channel. We have a wonderful guest here, the Money Today Show, Eric from the Money Today Show. I'm so glad to have him on. Uh, you guys know on the channel, we dig into the deets of the surveillance that is going on under the crypto sphere, which is going on. And our friend here has gone in so deep that I almost had to get my scuba gear, to be honest with you. And it's just been amazing. So I'm glad that he's here. Uh, Eric, what's going on? How you doing, man? Hey, what's up? Nice good, time. good. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I wanted to look back at your channel because my buddy, he sent me your channel deets a couple days ago. And so I saw that video you made on the Facebook and Oracle connections that were going on there. And I'm like, okay, this is crazy. I got to dig into all this stuff. This can't be true. And so I went back to the earlier videos and your earlier videos, you talk about silver, you talk about gold and just basics having to do with money. So my first question is, what information did you find? How did you begin this rabbit hole dig? Oh, geez. I mean, I guess it really, everything goes way back to like even Ron Paul days or I don't know if you're familiar, but you know. Oh, absolutely. The whole in the Fed movement and all these sorts of things. Which, which a lot of it ended up being funded by the opposition, which, you know, but at least listening to Ron Paul back in the day and then watching him get censored on uh, Fox News. I think this was one of the big breakthroughs for me. I mean, I was already a bit skeptical after 9-11 and everything. A lot of things didn't make sense, right? I'd played yep. Lego, blo- Lego blocks as a kid. And no matter how hard I hit the top of those Lego blocks, they would never fall straight down. They would hurt right. my hand a lot, but then if I hit them from the side, they would fall over. You know, so a lot of things just physics didn't make any sense here. Right. I had been part of well, I was a club promoter in Los Angeles, believe it or not, through the biggest rave clubs in you know in the country at the time, and uh, money for nothing and your chicks for free, the whole deal. I mean, it's super fun. So, mm. uh, I had seen though uh, the club owner that I knew, uh, he was going to try to change. I'm mean, going long story short here, but I think this is important for everybody to kind of, you know, cause a lot of people have had the same experiences. I, they were, he was trying to secede Hollywood from Los Angeles and it was going pretty well. And the powers that be were like, you're not going to do that. Right. So what they did is they made up fake footage of his nightclub and put it on the news. And this came from Jane Harmon at the time, you know, the top of the top. Um, they needed to make it look worse than it actually was. I was How is that even possible? There. I know. That's what the, <laughs> actually there. I was like, wow. You wouldn't even think you would need the footage. Yeah. Done. I mean, they sent in all the, you know, the police and everything and they made a big deal out of it. But what? what was on the news, they had sent the footage before anything happened. 
And so everything that was on the news, they were showing all these piles of drugs and all these things that didn't, I was there. It didn't, it wasn't there. Nobody got arrested. There was none of these things. So that really opened my eyes uh, to a lot of things, seeing in front of me how the news directly lied because I was there. And so yeah. when that, so that sort of thing happens to you, it changes your life. You say, wow, what else is fake? <laughs> right, right. Everyone has those moments. And I think so many people have had that moment in the last couple of years where the CDC and the powers that be have changed their tune on so many things so many times. And since it has to do with people's health, it's not even about their job, even though it now kind of is. Uh, people are like, look, I don't know who to trust. I've heard these people for years just tell me things that they then reverse. And it's like, I don't know who to believe. I'm just going to go on the internet and listen to people like Manuel Mateo and the Money Today Show to see what these guys think, You know, these people that are outside of this web. Because you've seen those clips, right, where all the local news stations, they all say things in concert with one another. And it's like they're overlaid and they're getting some kind of script from some higher uh, entity or some higher organization. And so, yeah, the media is totally controlled. Uh, they have these scripts that they go on to you know, push the talking points. And a lot of it is just so easily verifiably false that it's like, okay, so why are they doing this? Number one, because they can't believe this is true. And secondly, what's the agenda behind this? Because certainly it's got to be ominous. And what we're going into today, you know, we have we have our concerns about the public blockchains. We have our concerns about the surveillance which is happening and why it is that Bitcoin, Ethereum, and some of these other cryptos, which are conventionally seen as threats to the banking system, why is it that they haven't been regulated yet? Why is it have they not really come into too much opposition? And you have found yourself that there's actually a lot of corroboration happening with these public blockchains. And so let's get into that. We uh, There's a guy by the name of Jim Brayer, which we said in the pre-interview is sort of like where all, all roads meet. This is the guy who has his hands in Chinese tech, American tech. Uh, he's got connections with Mitch McConnell. I mean, it really goes deep with him. Maybe he's got connections with ice cream, Brayer ice cream, who knows? But uh, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy how all roads lead to this guy. So tell us a little bit about Jim Brayer and his tentacles, which seem to extend across the globe. Yeah, it's a fascinating uh, character. I think the, the biggest strange thing about Jim Brayer is the fact that nobody's paying attention to him. I mean, th I mean, that's just kind of an obvious. When you've got somebody who says in interviews, I am working with uh, the Chinese government on AI, and I'm working with the uh, US government on AI, mm -hmm. and nobody says, oh, wait a second, maybe uh, that's not a good idea. Or nobody even mentions it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That got my mind really going on this guy. I'm like, wow, what else uh, is he working on? And, you know, you see these on the board of Facebook, right? Or was on the board of Facebook. He was the very first investor in Facebook. Now, that's already pretty suspect. That the first, the very first. I didn't even know that. Very first. Goodness gracious. And he happened to be at the right place at the right time to be the first investor in Facebook. Mm. And if you've seen my videos on it, you see that he's tied to NQTEL with, you know, the CIA and then, uh, you know, World Economic Forum, of course, and yep. all these things, VeChain, of course. And, and you made a note, not to interrupt, but you made a note that Facebook had started 
like immediately after another project, which was to do something similar to Facebook ended. Yes. Lifelog. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this was already something in the works. Yeah. And this is why, you know, the belief that maybe the people who run these companies weren't, you know, just um, didn't happen to just uh, run these companies. Uh, Mm -hmm. They were hand selected or something, you know, might be true. Uh, but there's definitely some odd things going on. And then when you see that Jim Breyer is also the first uh, Western investor into communist China, um, then, you're, then you're saying, okay, that's one more crazy incidence. And the fact that he's, his three companies start Tencent, which creates WeChat, which is, if you know, is everything in China. It's their payments, mm-hmm. their information, their texting, their everything. So then the guy comes back over here working with Facebook and the Libra Foundation, who owns, guess what? Uh, what's the WeChat of the United States? Well, uh, WhatsApp, right? Exactly. Yeah. So the guy who's the first investor in Facebook, uh, who happens to own WhatsApp, and now we have this DM association that he's involved with. So we have one guy who could literally be running the messaging payments and everything for the entire world. <laughs> That's so terrifying. <laughs> it's just, but yeah. he's also involved in crypto. And so oh, big time. Big time. Well, and so AI, AI, one of the concerns we have period. is that they are able to then, because we've seen on our channel, we've talked about how certain coins with Bitcoin and Litecoin have been blacklisted by a firm called OFAC. And it looks like um, they can just kind of cut people off from the financial system in regards to even, quote unquote, decentralized blockchains like Bitcoin and Litecoin. They can make it so that they can communicate with the miners and the node operators to say, hey, you can't mine these coins. And if you do, like, uh, I guess certain penalties will happen. And we've talked about the centralization of certain mining operations in these fears. And so it's going to become easier and easier to sort of regulate what transactions can happen and what transactions can't. And so if they can look at your speech, right? And we've seen even the president of the United States get kicked off Twitter. Now Jack Dorsey is into Bitcoin, which sets off red flags for me. But uh, what happens when they can look at your messages on these apps and through your phones and et cetera, and say that you are you know, maybe an enemy of the state or something like this. Maybe you are some kind of dissident, which shouldn't be allowed to have financial entry to these systems. You know, it's crazy that they can have that control over these messaging apps and the railways of communication and also the financial railways as you're about, you're about to get to a Jim Breyer. Yeah, they've. I know it sounds like crazy conspiracy theory, but they are. It's already done. They already have complete control over every uh, aspect of what's on the internet. So, I hate to be somebody who brings bad news, but I just, I honestly don't see a way around it. If if I did, I would be all about it. Um, it just Monero, Monero. <laughs> the deeper you get, the, the more difficult it looks because, it, you know, as the video that's going to come out tomorrow about the Linux Foundation and uh, as and if you've seen it before, their direct connections with DARPA and they're working for DARPA to 
create the entire infrastructure for the the internet web 3.0 whatever you want to call it um they're directly in charge of that so let's go into the linux foundation for a sec who's involved with the linux foundation the companies what cryptos are they involved with because a lot of people they just don't know this stuff and so when you say linux foundation and darpa you know these are just acronyms flowing through their head but let's connect these dots right because it goes pretty deep I would hope anybody that would listen to your channel knows what DARPA is. But if- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would hope to. Yeah, uh, DARPA created the internet, so uh, it used to be called ARPANET, and a lot of the same people who were involved in that back in the day, you know, Bell Labs and IBM and yada yada, are are directly involved in creating blockchain. So, it, I mean, a guy named Brian Bellendorf who runs Hyperledger, which is the Linux Foundation's basically their distributed ledger uh, array, which goes into just about everything, um, is not only was the CTO for the World Economic Forum, <laughs> which is a small world, right? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he runs Hyperledger. He also created, um, God, I'm trying to think of it right now, but he was right there at the beginning of the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And then Linux Foundation, I think you have IBM, you have Facebook, Microsoft. And we talked about on our channel how Microsoft patented a technology that will allow them to basically mine you and your data. And when I say your data, I'm not talking about your phone data or your computer data. I'm talking about your heart rate, your delta waves when you sleep, uh, where it is you point your eyes when you're using the computer so that they can see like what advertisements you like. So, I mean, you're talking about the people who want to use every inch of molecular data uh, to figure out everything about you so that they know you more than you know yourself. And so it's crazy. They will absolutely know you better than you know yourself. That They probably already do by the AI data mining like you're talking about. But I got to mention, when you talk about uh, Facebook and Google and all these people in the Linux Foundation, you also have to remember it's Tencent and Huawei are also part of the Linux Foundation. Fujitsu, you know, this is a worldwide consortium here uh, that controlling everything. So you say DARPA, which is the Defense Department of the United States, is working directly with the Linux Foundation to create the infrastructure of the world. They're working directly with Chinese companies like Huawei and Tencent. So mm-hmm. this is something people just don't know. And if they did, they might be like, wait, I thought we were supposed to be enemies, but it's totally right. Yep. Yep. And behind the scenes, they're all working together. They're part of the same foundations, right? Yeah. There's only one team going on here and it's team world government. (laughs) I got to say, I mean, it's just something you find out when you do the research. Mm -hmm. So uh, Jim Breyer is very much involved in stable coins too, right? Uh, US dollar coin, uh, Tether, which you would think are competitors for the same market, but all roads lead to Jim Breyer. Well, can anybody believe that Tether can, you know, become a $63 billion company and everybody's like, oh, I guess it just happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of ludicrous. Uh, mm-hmm. It could have been stopped anytime along the way very easily, but yet it wasn't. They were allowed to just print free money. And if anybody would be pissed off at that, wouldn't it be like the U.S. government? Like, hey, wait a second. That's our job. Uh, so right. they didn't do anything about it. So they're obviously complicit. And uh, they've, you know, said, oh, we're going to come after you in New York or whatever, but nothing happens. And uh, all 
and of course, Jim Brayer, all of the companies that uh, his company started in China are involved uh, indirectly with Tether. So it's so interesting there. And then you mm-hmm. get back to USDC, which he almost alone started USDC. Now, how many people in the world know that? They, they, I mean, a lot of people, even in the space, think it's Goldman Sachs, but they played very small part in that. It was all Jim Brayer companies. And if you look it up, please, Excel Partners, IDG Capital, Brayer Capital. Yep. It's all Jim Brayer. And that's all you, Circle, which is USDC with Coinbase. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that I think he is a board member of BlackRock. Uh, Stone, actually. Blackstone. Okay. Blackstone. Blackstone actually started BlackRock. Oh, is that right? They sounded familiar, uh, and I think they have pretty close ties with the Fed and the central banks. And not to mention, I think I saw that Jim Breyer was married to Angela, uh, Angela Chow, right? who is the sister of Elaine Chow, who is the wife of Mitch McConnell. Yes, and Angela, former uh, Secretary of Transportation. Right. And before that, I think she was in the Bush administration, right, as the Secretary of Labor. So she's pretty yeah. in deep. Um, and Angela Chow, um, as you mentioned in one of your videos, she, I think, is on the board of the Bank of China, which is the biggest bank in China. And so, yeah, banking connections going across the world with and Angela Chow and Jim Breyer. They are, their family is a Chinese shipping company, uh, one of the largest in the world. So, this is why VeChain gets real interesting, right? Jim Breer, yep. it's VeChain, uh, Chinese shipping, so something to look into. Yeah, absolutely. And you've talked about different cryptos which are invested heavily by, uh, I, I wrote down a few groups, the digital currency group, which I want to get into because I did some research on this after you had mentioned that Larry Summers and uh, there's another guy on here. I believe his name is Glenn, uh, Glenn Hutchins, who was a New York Fed board member. He worked in the Clinton administration. He's an AT&T director, Brookings Institute, Center for American Progress. Just all the great organizations you would expect when it comes to our friends in the Global East to Treehouse Club of Horror. And they are very much in deep with this digital currency group. Um, and let's just go ahead and talk about this. I was going to go somewhere with that, but I just have so much here that I want our listeners to understand as to what's going on behind the scenes. And they invest in a lot of cryptos. They invest in a lot of projects in regards to the blockchain. Um, and also Larry Summers is, I believe, the main advisor, right? Yeah, he is their only advisor. Only advisor, right. So he's probably significantly influential. And if you don't know Larry Summers... Uh, Howard or Harvard President Emeritus. He was the Treasury Secretary of Bill Clinton's administration, Director of National Economic Council for Obama. And so in deep again with the bankster crowd. And so just to give you an idea as to the kinds of projects that the Digital Currency Group, which runs Grayscale Trust, by the way, uh, and I think a lot of people have heard of Grayscale because they're one of the first institutions to get into uh, investing in crypto with Bitcoin and Ethereum coins like that. But I'm just going to go down the list here and talk about a few of these companies. So we've got Norblock, which allows for compliant sharing of validated customer data and monetization on KYC services. 
So that's going to be allowing these exchanges to pretty much share all the information and data they can get on their customers with each other. And then you've got Merkle Science, which provides risk monitoring solutions to help blockchain companies and law enforcement detect and prevent, quote unquote, illegal use of cryptocurrency. And then we've got uh, Mad Hive, which leverages blockchain technology and artificial intelligence, as we talked about before, to reinvent the ad tech ecosystem. And one of the thoughts that I had, uh, Eric, was that we were talking about Michael Saylor yesterday. And Michael Saylor, a lot of people aren't aware of this, but Michael Saylor runs MicroStrategy, which is a business intelligence firm, which gathers intelligence and sells that data so that you know clients that they have, like the US government, for example, Homeland Security, uh, the army, and the Department of Justice could have that data to make decisions as to what people are doing and how they should respond to that. And so what all this stuff means to me is that there's a push for the normalization of public blockchains, uh, blockchains that can see everything that you're doing, all the transactions that you have. You talk about Algorand, which links up your financial history with your digital ID even. And so with all that data out there, with that lack of privacy, companies like MicroStrategy and companies uh, like some of these other companies that these guys invest in could make money off that data and sell it to advertising firms and sell it to the government maybe and sell it to exchanges. And so there's a huge industry which is blossoming on top of this. You talk about the accounting firms like Ernst & Young and PricewaterhouseCooper and Deloitte who are coming up with their own blockchain analytics firms in regards to tax compliance. And so you have this huge network that was prominent in the legacy financial system now being able to be onboarded to this new financial system because of this lack of privacy and these interconnected uh, cryptographic layers, which are being pushed, um, I think, by our wonderful friends in this treehouse of horror, the globalistas, the uh, Jim Brayers of the world. So uh, what are your thoughts on the digital currency group and some of these other groups, which are, um, you know, cool to a lot of outside investors, cool, these are institutions getting into blockchains, more gains, but you know they're kind of pushing for a mass surveillance system at the end of the day. Well, and that's where I differ from a lot of the people uh, in the space. I don't think this has anything to do with money. Um, I mean, of course, there'll be endless supplies of it, but the people that they're working for are printing the money, so they could just hand it to them. Uh, True. When yeah. you have all the money you want, what do you want next? And control. That's you want control now, and that's where we have been for a long time. I mean, this is an, and I'm going to show this in uh, not the video coming out today, but the one after that is the how long this has actually been in play. Uh, they've known about this for at least 2012 about how this was going to move forward with blockchain. And uh, these are things I just found out. Uh, so I'm going to present that and show you that they've had the roadmap here for a long time. And this, uh, the incidents that have happened just so happen, you know, between climate change and the current situation. And, uh, and we'll see how Afghanistan works into this here in the next couple of years. I'm sure that's a narrative being prepared uh, you know, all of these things just so happen to come along at the right time to help build these systems. And digital ID is where it's absolutely at. I mean, digital ID is the next thing they absolutely need 
for this to come on board. So we're going to see any excuse possible to say, oh, no, you know, this happened. We need digital ID. Right. And um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, there's this narrative that's happening. And I think you've commented on this before where the central banks, quote unquote, and I think I saw this on the Grayscale website where they made an article and they're like, in response to the rise of Bitcoin and Ethereum, these other blockchains, which become popular amongst uh, users out there in the world, uh, we are just adapting to the times and we're coming out with our own central bank digital currencies just to, you know, kind of go along with the times. And it's like they've been behind this since day one, which is why some people think that Bitcoin was made by DARPA. It was made by the government. Now, we don't really know. But uh, it seems like it's some kind of Trojan horse. And in a way, the public is being paid off. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think that's an important topic. Uh, because if anybody knows how the, the central bank was created in the first place, you know, I, if you if I, you need to read a book called um, Creature of Jekyll Isle. Exactly. Yeah. The Creature from Jekyll Island. Actually, you can watch the video um, a second look. It's a little bit easier. Um, but you can see exactly how the banks did it, right? By coming out against the banks. And it was brilliant. Obviously, it's super brilliant. So mm. why not reinvent the wheel 100 years later when nobody else is paying attention and create something like a Bitcoin to get everybody that's against the banks on board, right? And then you make them rich. And now they're invested. Yep. Once you get the early adopters that are against you part of you, then everybody else is pretty easy to take care of. Now, I can't verify that's what happened, but it's what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I wanted to talk about, just to sort of give insight to this, you talked about in a video, CeeLo, which isn't that popular of a crypto now, but just to comment for a sec on what your investment strategy seems to be, which by the way, I've looked at your older videos and I look at what cryptos you talk about, and then I look at the price many you know months later, and it does very well. Quant was a good example of that. I think you talked about Quant, shoot, what, seven, eight months ago, something like that. And yeah, what, pretty good uh, yeah, return. Uh, uh, King Solomon, a shout out for that. Um, you know, There's a few really brilliant researchers that I like to pay attention to, and I usually take whatever they're doing, and then I go to the next level with it because... You know, somebody's got to. Um, so Quant, Alliance Block and whatnot uh, were kind of things that he was looking into. And uh, yeah, he was absolutely right. Uh, so I, I looked into that and it fit in with everything else that I was doing research on. Um, anything connected to the Linux Foundation in any way, to me, seems like a no-brainer, really. Yeah. And it's interesting... Uh, it's interesting that you take that perspective because we on our channel have like the complete opposite investment thesis, even though we agree on what's happening because you're like, okay, so these projects are probably going to succeed. Look at the people backing it. You've got the governments, you've got the banks. Clearly, these guys aren't going away. They have that legacy momentum pushing them forth into this new space. So yeah, of course, these are going to succeed. They're cheap right now. The gains are there. But for us, we're like, we want to run away from this as quickly as possible. Like, this is scary. Like, we don't want to be part of this. So we get into Monero and we get into Darrow Pirate Chain, some of these others, which I'd also like to get your thoughts on. But um, so 
my question then is, do you think there's any way that we could make like a parallel economic system with private digital currencies, which are not locked into this uh, new thing, which is going on? Well, I don't see any possible way in the way in what we can see, but spirit, you know, there's always things that come along that we don't expect. And uh, I would love for that to happen. In fact, I've said it many times on my channel. I hope all these cryptos go to zero. Mm. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have any problem with that at all. It's all made out of fake money anyway. So it's not like, you know, in the old days you thought, oh, I can just boycott this or not put my money into this and it will fail because, you know, my money has value and it speaks. But when they can just make it, you know, then that no longer really holds true. A lot of the the ways that we think about money have to change because it's not no longer a, it's not like gold anymore, right? Yep. It's it's no longer a commodity at all. It's it's mm -hmm. it's purely uh, some fictional thing that can be created by some people and can't be created by others. Right. It's an accounting ledger. That's all it is. Yeah, it's, you know, exactly. A typing thing. I don't even know if they ledger it anymore, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> well, we talk about uh, fungibility a lot on this channel, where if you are to have an accounting ledger, you need all of the units of value to be equal with one another. And the problem with public blockchains in many cases is that because they can be tracked and traced, uh, that means that the subjective value can be different in regards to, you know, if... We were talking about Kevin O'Leary, for example. He doesn't want to invest in Bitcoins, which were mined from uh, sources that were not environmentally friendly, right? Which is ridiculous, you know, but hey, so that is sort of something that can happen. And so given that, you want to have currencies which don't have uh, historical traces of whatever may be, have happened, wherever they may have went. And so that's why we like Monero. That's why we like some of these other coins, because they can actually be used as digital money. Um, but in, in, yeah, sure. I just want to say, I, you know, I did a video on Kevin O'Leary's uh, stuff there. I don't know if you, you've seen it, but I, I spotted it right away as what it was. It was just pure narrative you know, to demonize Bitcoin. And, and many times that, you know, once it's not useful anymore, maybe they'll get rid of it. I don't know. But it was purely to help, you know, he's trying to start a mining thing. So I, I don't believe anything about what he says, but I do agree with what you're saying. You know, getting back to something sound uh, would be wonderful. And I don't think we're ever going back to a gold standard or something like that. People just won't stand for it. They want something that is better than what it was before. And uh, if Monero stands for that, I'm all for it. Uh, I just like to see ways that it can overcome these hurdles that we're talking about. Right. And they're going to demonize it. They're going to say that, oh, it's used by the criminals. And, uh, you know, um, that's why they've delisted it from a lot of exchanges is because, well, one thing, interestingly enough, the digital currency group, which is behind Coinbase and some of these other exchanges, they're the ones that have delisted Monero. Um, now, I don't know if there's a connection there. If you look at uh, what Privacy Coin Digital Currency Group does like, they like Zcash, which our viewers know isn't really that private. Uh, I think like 95% of the transactions are not private because privacy is optional. You can just use it if you want to. And most people, they just go at the flow. Cool. I'm just going to, it's a currency. Maybe it's private and they don't even know it's optional. So they use it. But um, as far as 
Bitcoin being done away with because of its utility, you could have different cryptos come into play like this CeeLo one. And this is a nightmare. This thing looks like it was made out of the fiery pits of Mordor. You know what I mean? Like it says, uh, CeeLo was originally founded by a team comprised of people from MIT, Stanford, Google, Square, Circle. And Circle is the group that was started by Jim Brer, which is behind uh, US Treasury coin or US dollar coin. Yep. And then Visa, GoDaddy, the World Bank, the Federal Reserve Bank, Harvard University, which is where our friend Larry Summers is from. And it goes on. U.S. Department of Justice is in on this. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. And these could be the coins which are said to be perfectly legally compliant. Everyone should use. And who knows how they're going to finagle this into everybody's wallets. But um, yeah, yeah, that's what's coming. They're cheap right now. Maybe people haven't been turned on to it, but who knows what they could pull in order to push these things to the top. Yeah, you know, we're coming out with a NoView wallet for a DM or, uh, you know, this Facebook coin, they call it. It really has nothing to do with Facebook. If you look at my videos, I've shown this pretty pretty clearly that the DM or this uh, Facebook stablecoin, everybody on the team is uh, former U.S. regulators. Very few people from Facebook. Um, so this is going to be a big deal, and it may tie in with Celo. Uh, just because they're doing very similar things when it comes to the Novi wallet. I don't know how yet, um, but I do know that two of the investors were also Jack Dorsey and Reed Hoffman. PayPal Mafia. PayPal Mafia. Speaking of Mafia, you talk a lot about the Ethereum uh, Alliance Mafia or the Ethereum Enterprise Mafia. Uh, tell us more about that. I'm curious about that. A lot of people like Ethereum, so... Um, I know it's easily traceable and trackable. We saw that with the DeFi hack, which happened recently on the Poly Network. I mean, they're able to very quickly freeze that guy's assets in his Ethereum wallet. They were able to find them on the Ethereum uh, scanner. And yeah, he wasn't able to move those things anywhere. So um, I do know that there is a surveillance element to that. But what are your thoughts on Ethereum? What are your thoughts on that whole space there? Well, I think once again, like the PayPal mafia, this isn't like an accident. These guys didn't just happen to you know, come along and be part of Ethereum. If you look deeply at the people who are involved, uh, they're creating everything within this space. I mean, look at the top coins right now. One is Ethereum, of course. And then right next to it, we see Cardano. Well, you know, Charles Hoskinson is uh, one of the creators of Ethereum. So then you go with jo Joseph Lubin, who runs Consensus, right? He was probably the biggest part of uh, Ethereum's success, and he's probably the deepest guy when it comes to banking and other things, which I, I'm kind of paying an homage to him today in the interview about my background, you know, because I didn't know we were going to do this right now. So it's completely messed up. But if you look at the background of his interviews, you see like there's cracks in the ceiling. I, mean, I have seen that. I have seen that. Yeah, this crazy fake fruit. You know, this guy is a. Maybe he's at Gitmo. Maybe that's his deal to get out of Gitmo is to just pump these coins. <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, you know, the, these top tech leaders have such terrible backgrounds, even worse than mine, which is pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, you've got a, quite a few of the people who were originally in Ethereum who have branched out, Polkadot. As another one, Gavin Woods from uh, 
So you're seeing all of these things become the leaders in all of the crypto space. And I don't think it's an accident. I think this is all pretty much planned out. So who is involved in the Ethereum enterprise that makes you a little bit nervous? Because I like Hoskinson. When I listen to Hoskinson, he seems like a red-blooded American. He seems like somebody who generally likes, uh, who wants the best for humanity. That's the vibe that I get from him. I haven't dug too much into his background, but uh, you're saying that there's something shady going on with the Ethereum guys. And we know they're public blockchains. There's some interesting things going on with there, but uh, what are your suspicions about it? Well, I, I, I again, I like what, uh, what Charles says. In fact, I did a poll on my, my Twitter, at uh, Money Today Show, if you guys want to go there. Um, and I, I said, hey, what about Cardano? Is it, is it useful compared to these others? And uh, almost everybody that responded for Cardano said that they love Charles Hoskinson's AMAs. They didn't say anything about the Cardano blockchain that's actually useful. After hmm. all of this time, I find that so curious that his personality seems to be what's holding. I, I do see Cardano once in a while when it comes to digital ID and a couple of other things, but mainly I haven't seen a lot of traction out of uh, the actual blockchain. What I don't know, to be honest, when it comes to Charles Hoskinson, uh, he seemed more like a Ron Paul guy to me. And uh, I thought that was, you know, something I would want to support. But after listening to him for a while, something just didn't feel right. And I, I can't really put my, uh, my thumb on it. So I'm just going to say nothing until I can really, you know. Uh, okay. Give you fair enough. Fair enough. Let's see what else I got for you. Oh, and by the way, the digital currency group, I have so much written on the digital currency group. It's ridiculous. I went down that rabbit hole hard today. Uh, they are behind Coindesk. They are um, behind the Lightning Network, which is interesting. Do you have any thoughts on the Lightning Network? On this? Oh, sorry, what's that? Have you done a video on, on digital currency group? I have not. Oh, but yeah. I know that you did a video on there. More than I do. No, I just looked into all the companies that they're behind. Yeah. Because they have like, you know, a hundred companies that they're into. And, you know, you scroll through and you try to look for ones that you recognize. Most of them you don't. But I'm like, what are these other ones I haven't heard of? And then it's just like, you know, we're going to track you into the, into the grave and we're going to uh, tax you out of existence and all these other ones, right? Which just look at everything you're doing and want to have you tied into all that. But uh, so we talked about CeeLo, uh, the Ethereum Enterprise Mafia. We talked a little bit about that. Is there anything that you think is critical for our viewers to know about uh, the growing surveillance, all the stuff going on under the scenes? Uh, we could talk about JP Morgan and their involvement with... Uh, th there's a particular group that they're involved with, I believe, right? And I think they're behind Quant. Well, I talked I'm about to think. Lubin, right? And he comes from banking. And uh, Quorum is now owned by um, Consensus, which is created by JP Morgan. So, and yeah. JP Morgan happens to be on the board of Consensus. And Consensus really runs the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance. So, when you're talking about Enterprise Ethereum Alliance, which is really an umbrella, it goes to all of the standards being made of the entire space, not just Ethereum, everything. And if you control the standards 
And that's where Ethereum really comes in, right? I mean, when you think about Ethereum, everything is built on Ethereum. And they understand, or you know, the people actually behind it understand, that if you create the standards, you own the space. Nobody can do anything. If, so if the W3C gets behind your coin with the standards, then, uh, you know, and they're basically the people who kind of backbone the internet and the standards that run the internet, uh, chances are you're going to succeed, right? So I think they understand this very well. And they're using it to its fullest extent. And consensus happens to be right there at the top of that list with the Linux Foundation, of course. With the Linux Foundation, of course, which we still need to dig more into. Um, So interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. There's so much here to dig into as far as the deets with all this stuff. I mean, we barely scratched the surface. Um, And just one more thing, one more thing. You had said something about... I think you had showed a quote in one of your videos that somebody who was involved with the Ethereum Alliance or the Ethereum Mafia, however you call it, they wanted Ethereum to be the backbone of the Chinese central bank digital currency or have some association with that. Do you recall anything like that? Once again, Joseph Lubin. We just talked about him twice. Uh, He he said that he wants uh, Ethereum to interact with the... Chinese yuan, right? The uh, digital yuan. And uh, what's interesting that if you go through the BSN, which is the Chinese blockchain, right? Um, And anybody should look up the BSN China and they'll get an understanding of just how big China is in this whole thing. Most of the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance and the coins that we're talking about are part of the BSN. So Ethereum was like one of the is was the first partner, right, of the BSN, I believe. And of course, Hyperledger is a partner of the BSN. So all these same players, it's a worldwide thing. So of course they're going to be connected with the they're probably created <laughs> the Chinese uh, blockchain yuan, you know? Interesting, interesting. I do know that there was sort of a battle between the Chinese government and Tencent, and I believe Tencent had their own payment system. Um, and a lot of people use that payment system on WeChat. I mean, let me know if I'm wrong, but this is just something coming to my head. And because the Chinese digital yuan was so poorly received by much of the public, they wanted to keep using these uh, payment systems that were established by Jack Ma's Inc. Group and the Tencent uh, Corporation. Uh, I think that the Chinese government cracked down, so I'm not sure if there's some internal flick, uh, friction between Breyer and others in the Communist Party, but um, maybe they see what's happening. Maybe they see Jim Breyer trying to take co- total control over all this stuff um, because you see China cracking down on other corporations in their country, which uh, are not doing what they want. And so, um, yeah, I, I'd have to look more into that if you want to comment on that. I I guess it's one of those, I wish it was true kind of things. Then, then there would be some opposition to something, but uh from what I see, I don't believe it at all. I think, uh, I think the CCP, and this is you know totally crazy conspiracy talk, but it just where it leads when you do the research. Uh, when you go back to Kissinger and his visit uh, in you know seventies, was it? Uh, the CCP is a puppet organization of Western powers, and I don't say the United States because I don't really think it's the United States anymore. I think that the powers are beyond countries and. Uh, 
you know, when we say the CCP, we might as well be saying U.S. government. This doesn't matter. Right. I mean, we don't have a border anymore. So how can you even call us country at this point? So, uh, you know, I, I've many problems with what's happening with Western civilization, Europe and the United States. It breaks my heart, really. But this is the front that I want to fight on. I want to get people into privacy coins so that they can kind of opt out of all this crazy stuff, you know, because one of the ways that they have leverage over us is by looking at how it is we use our money and saying what we can and can't use our money for. And so last question, what are your thoughts on the privacy coin sector or the, we, we like to call them freedom coins because we think it's a way that you could get out of all this stuff. So what do you think about that? Is there a future for that? Do you think a lot of people are going to wake up to this stuff and rush into this sector as to try to lessen their exposure from all this stuff? Or do you think they're maybe going to get into uh, some of these coins and say, cool, the gains are here. This is where the world's going and uh, nothing can stop it. Well, I think it has a lot to do with how much fear they can bring upon everybody. And right now, fear is at an all-time high. When you're afraid, you are easily manipulatable. And uh, that's kind of the state we're in. So it's easy to demonize anything because people are already at this crazy state of fear. Um, and they're probably even afraid to have privacy coins at this point because you know, you're afraid of what you say on YouTube. You're afraid of what you say on Twitter. You're afraid of what you say in your own house because you have phones by you. People are afraid. And I'm here in California, so do I think there's any chance of uh, you know something wonderful of like a privacy coin happening? I think it's hard for me because I'm around a bunch of people who aren't thinking at all about any of that. They're thinking about uh, what's going to happen to their family during this crazy time. Yeah, uh, there are other states and other places in this country or in this world, in fact, that are thinking more like that, and I'm uh, I more power to them. And uh, I support that absolutely. And uh, I think the more resistance that there is, the slower this will go. So we may not be able to stop it. We may, but at least we can slow it down, hopefully, with uh, just knowledge and uh, helping each other, really. Nice. Well, I think that's a good note to end on after everything that we talked about here today. Um, awesome, man. Well, where can people find your links? Where can people find your work? Well, hopefully, you know, wherever video you're going to post this for, just uh, put a little link that uh, Money Today Show. And also to maybe you can go get to my Twitter through the YouTube channel. Um, I'm always looking for feedback and I'm always looking for people to Tell me where I'm wrong. I need a lot more of that. I mean, don't be an asshole about it. <laughs> but you know <laughs> that Ripple video you had where you said something bad about Ripple, then they flooded you. Yeah, I mean, I don't care if I'm wrong about something. Please tell me. I, I think we all need a lot more of that and be supportive of each other and try and figure this out together. Yeah, absolutely. Teamwork. We're all in this together. We all just want to be free, independent human beings under God. And so, yeah, that's. Uh, we're all on the same ship. Let's work together and make that happen. Get the info out. And absolutely, to all my people who watch this, please go follow the Money Today Show. I mean, seriously, I binged on your content. I couldn't even sleep for a day after. I was like, dude, this is crazy. My world has changed. It's sort of like when, um, did you ever watch the Zeitgeist movies a long time ago with Peter Joseph? Oh, and, of course, of course. And there's yeah. so much that I know about what's going on. And it, 
there that we're just no longer allowed to talk about. I mean, let's be real. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, hopefully YouTube doesn't mind the video too much. We didn't really say anything algorithmically, which I think will get us in trouble. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I self-censor myself all the time when I do these videos. Like I tried to come up with new words to describe things and whatever. It's unfortunate that's the society that we're in now, but it's just the way it is. But um, yeah, when I figured out about the Federal Reserve from those Zeitgeist videos, as wrong as they were about the resource-based economy and all that stuff, I was like, what? These people print money out of nowhere? And then I started to do the research and yeah, my mind was blown in the same way that I listened to your videos. So everyone go listen to The Money Today. There's great content there, a lot of webs to connect. Uh, but otherwise, guys, this is Monero Mateo. Thanks for tuning in and uh, check out the links below. And we are going to have more videos coming soon. And yeah, God bless everybody. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.